Welcome to Disclosure. I'm your host today, Jean Boonstra. Disclosure is brought to you by The Voice of Prophecy, a ministry that's been around for, oh, over 85 years now. And Disclosure is one of our new programs. Well, with me in our studios here in Loveland, Colorado, my guest today is Pastor Mitch Williams. Welcome, Mitch. Glad you could be here. Hello, Jean. Good to be here. Now, you are a pastor of a couple of churches here in the area. Uh, You are also currently serving as the prayer coordinator uh, for the conference, and your passion has been, you were sharing with me before we came here in the studio, is to help pastors to focus on prayer and really to bring people together to pray. Yes, absolutely. And... It is, it is an honor and privilege to be here, and I appreciate the, the chance to share my experience with prayer and hopefully some truths from God's Word and maybe some stories. Oh, wonderful. I look forward to our time together. You know, Pastor Mitch, you've been serving in this position for just a little while, but your family is in transition. Yes. You are on your way to the Bay Area in California, where you will be serving at the Pleasant Hill Church. I know your dear wife, Lena, is a good friend, and and your daughters are friends with our daughters. And, you know, I'm excited for you folks. I know it's a busy time, though, and we're definitely going to miss having you. So I'm very thankful we had the chance to have you here in the studio with us before you took off for California. (laughs) Well, you know, some of our church members uh, seem pretty sad that we're leaving. Some are probably very happy. But uh, the way we feel is probably the way our church feels. Our daughter, who is Gabrielle, Mm -hmm. is 18. And she's going to college. So we're excited for her in this transition, but we're sad. That's probably how it is for our church as well. I would say so, definitely. Yes, I know a lot of folks will miss you. (laughs) Well, uh, it's interesting, Pastor Mitch, when you arrived, you brought a couple books, well, a book with you and a couple recommendations. And I had grabbed a couple honestly, out of boxes in our basement because we're still not fully settled in our sure. house. Um, some of those overlapped. And I want to start our program today just uh, by sharing some of the introduction from a book that's familiar to many people. And if it's not familiar to you, um, I hope that you'll check it out. It's an old book. Uh, it's called The Kneeling Christian. Mm-hmm. We don't know who wrote this book. It's, it's just called by an unknown Christian. But it's a powerful resource to, uh, on prayer. And it starts this way. A traveler in China visited a temple on a great feast day. Many were the worshippers in the... Sorry, let me start that again. Many were the worshippers of the idol enclosed in a sacred shrine. The visitor noticed that most of the devotees wrote with them, brought with them small pieces of paper on which prayers had been written or printed. These they would wrap up in little balls of stiff mud and fling at the idol. You can picture it, right? The traveler inquired the reason for this strange proceeding and was told that if the mud balls stuck fast to the idol, then the prayer would assuredly be answered. But if the mud fell off, the prayer was rejected by the God. (laughs) And the author of this book, the unknown author, says, you know, we may smile at this story. And I think, Pastor Mitch, as we're listening to that, we may smile a little bit. But I think there's a lot of truth there, which is that... We don't, even as Christians, necessarily really fully understand prayer and what it's all about. So I want to start today. I know some listening to our program are prayer warriors, Mm -hmm. and there are some who have never uttered a prayer in their life. So let's start right at the very beginning, and let's talk about what is prayer? That's a great question. What is prayer? It's really quite simple. It's communication with God. Now, we can communicate with God in all kinds of ways, verbally, uh, silently, uh, certainly with our thoughts. and But prayer is an intentional reaching out to God. 
mm-hmm. and wanting to connect with him. And so I think that sometimes we humans want to complicate it and make it look like it's a formula or some kind of, you know, scientific uh, uh, exercise. But really prayer is simply communicating with God. Mm-hmm. And, and God wants to have a relationship with us. And, you know, I like to uh, talk about God in terms of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He came to this earth to save us and uh, to walk with us in our life here. He wants to hear from us. He already knows what's going on in our life, but he invites us to communicate with him whatever's on our heart, but also to hear from us how much we love him and what we look forward to in the life to come. So prayer is simply communicating with God. Mm. And I think you're right. We do have a tendency to overcomplicate it, don't it? Don't we? It's um, sort of a topic that is vast, but it's very simple too. So it's talking to God. So um, what isn't prayer? I guess that's the other side of the question, isn't it? That's a great question as well. Well, prayer is is not treating God like Santa Claus, (sighs) where we just go to him and express all of our needs and and then wait for him to give us all those good gifts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Treating God as if he is just to, you know, provide all of our needs, period, I think misses the total opportunity that prayer can offer us. So mm-hmm. prayer is much more than that. Certainly that is part of it, but it is not just a chance to ask constantly mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, our, our human tendency yes. and our, our human nature, but it's so much more than that. Um, you know, there are some examples of some great prayer warriors throughout history uh, George Mueller comes yes. to mind. Uh, and I know that you're familiar with that story too. So is is having that active prayer life, is that something that was unique to Mueller in, in, in creating this situation there? He is a missionary. Or is it something that every Christian should have as a part of their, their, their life? Well, what we have to do is look at the Bible and look at the examples that we see there. And what we find in the Bible is that every godly character, Mm -hmm. had a relationship with God and was praying. Jesus himself modeled prayer by praying early in the morning, Mm -hmm. sometimes late at night or all night. And, And so I think when we think of prayer, we have to consider the fact that that is the backbone of our relationship with God. And so therefore, we're all compelled as Christians to pray. Mm -hmm. We must have that dialogue. Can you imagine having a friend that you never talk to? And so really... It comes down to making it a priority. Mm-hmm. And we actually make a priority in our life for things that we value. How many of us uh, love to look at Facebook? Mm-hmm. Many of us do. Mm-hmm. And we don't think twice about viewing that every single day and keeping up. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, we wouldn't think of skipping a week of looking at Facebook because, hey, we'll be lost. We won't happening. know what's happening with we all of our happening. friends. Yes. Right. <laughs> but Unfortunately, when it comes to prayer, we, we a lot of times take a casual approach to that. Well, mm-hmm. God will understand. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. I have other things I need to do. And they don't, uh, we don't, I don't uh, make it the highest priority that it should be because really there is so much power mm-hmm. in our time in prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I love your definition of prayer and the fact that, you know, we don't need to memorize steps, but. I think sometimes understanding a little bit more the sequence is very, very helpful, you know, though maybe new Christians or or seasoned Christians, all of us. So 
let's talk a little bit, if you could share, Pastor Mitch, maybe some things that you've used as you've been working with people or in your personal life, sort of not steps on how to pray, but ways to understand this prayer process and and when we pray and where we pray and how we pray. Well, first of all, it begins with making it intentional. Prayer is, is going to be part of my life. Because I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing we need to do is decide when are we going to pray. Uh, Obviously, we are called to pray all the time. Mm -hmm. We can pray in the car. We can pray on walks. We can pray flash prayers, quick prayers, you know, during the day. But we want to have one extended time of prayer every day to really have that intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. Having short prayers are good, but it doesn't allow us to have that intimate connection with Christ. Just like with our spouse or a good friend, Mm -hmm. you know, one or two sentences exchanging with one another. We're not going to go deep with our friends Mm -hmm. or spouse. Mm -hmm. So when to pray is the fundamental first question. And the most natural time is in the morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We think about uh, when we wake up, um, what is it that our body needs? It needs fuel. It needs Mm -hmm. food. So we need to be fueled as a Christ follower because life is going to get tough. The devil is going to come at us in different ways. So we need to be feeding on the bread. Mm-hmm. And prayer and Bible reading go hand in hand. So I don't want to exclude you know, spending time in the Word of God because sure. that's crucial. But uh, so beginning in the morning is, is essential. And, you know, um, that decision to spend time in prayer in the morning begins the night before. That's very true, isn't it? When we choose to go to bed, if we <laughs> choose to stay up late talking, visiting, watching a movie, whatever it may be. So it, it affects our morning choices. Yeah. You know, and Pastor Mitch, you're speaking my language here, talking about praying in the morning because I'm a morning person. And so for me, that's natural. That feels not, I, won't, I don't want to say easy because mm-hmm. I still need to intentionally, as you say, decide to spend that time with him. But I can do it fairly naturally. So those who are listening, maybe who are not morning people, would you say just choosing a time to dedicate to God in whether it's evening, afternoon, whatever it is, it's the the dedication of that space of time that's important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, although you're talking to a night person. Oh, am I? And you still <laughs> you still advocate that morning first. So that's more and difficult I do for think you. That yeah. It really sets the the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. It really. Uh, Uh, establishes the priorities because in that time of prayer, which we'll talk about, God will be communicating with us, encouraging us, Mm -hmm. ordering our day. And, you know, praying at the end of the day is good. But so often when we wait till then we're tired. um, I know that's true from my, from my perspective, I'll fall asleep. You know, we get crowded with other activities for sure. And pretty soon, well, really didn't have a lot of time for that prayer with with my Lord. So mm-hmm. I think the gold standard is in the morning. Okay. And again, that's when we see Jesus praying as yeah, well. Very He's true. our standard. Then that's where to pray. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when we are praying um, consistently in the same place, day after day after day, it becomes a routine. Okay. Uh-huh. And when we have a positive routine in our life, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Habits can be our friend. So picking a place in, in our home, uh, it's in the basement. It's mm-hmm. in my office. Okay. Some are uh, quiet, some set apart, quiet, set yeah, apart. Yeah. hopefully not a lot of distractions mm-hmm. and uh, going there every day. Now, I also go to another place to pray, and that is on a walk. Mm-hmm. I will do a prayer walk, typically around my neighborhood, walk the dog, mm-hmm. and um, we will 
have a dialogue. Uh, I think I have the most prayed over dog in the world. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, but also when we pray, mm-hmm. pray out loud mm. because that's crucial for us to be able to stay focused. And I know that our time is, is coming up, but I want to talk a little bit more about the importance of praying out loud um, while we pray. Okay. Well, I'd love to hear more about that because, Pastor Mitch, thank you. You've you've taken us into the preliminary understanding of what prayer is, and this is very, very important. So prayer is that communication, that dialogue with God as a friend. And I, I love your analogy to Facebook. You know, we don't we want to know what our friends are up to and doing, and, and we should have that same passion to stay connected with our Creator. So then setting aside a specific time, the morning is the gold standard, and a specific place builds that positive habit, that expectation, and that routine into your life. And, and I think matching your prayer time with the time you set aside for studying God's Word is a perfect complement. Well, we're going to take a very short break, but stay with us through it because we're going to talk about the benefits of praying out loud and much more here with Pastor Mitch on Disclosure. kids, have you ever had questions like, is there anything or anyone out there other than humans? Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today. Are you searching for answers to life's toughest questions? Like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Does my life really matter to God? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers that you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter the most to you. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Welcome back to Disclosure. I'm your host for today's program, Jean Boonstra. And with me in the studio is Pastor Mitch Williams. And we are talking about something that's vital for each of us, every Christian, every non-Christian, whether you're aware of it or not, and that is prayer. So Pastor Mitch, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about, and you mentioned the benefits of praying out loud. Now, I really want to circle back to that because I think that's something that, especially as a new believer, I thought about when I was praying out loud. Um, who can hear me, mm. first of all? You become yes. a little bit maybe self-conscious, mm-hmm. and also you wonder, can the devil hear you when you're praying out yes. loud? So talk to us about praying out loud. Well, first of all, we know the devil already is aware of our life 
because he is the one that's bringing the trouble into our life. Mm, that's so very I think true. when very we true. pray and we articulate our uh, fears, concerns, struggles, uh, we're not telling the devil anything he doesn't already know. That's true. Yeah. Also, when we talk about praying out loud, we have to look at the model prayer giver himself, Jesus Christ. Oh, uh-huh. And Jesus prayed out loud. That's how we can hear and actually read his prayers, I should say. Mm. Those prayers were uttered out loud. And I think that when we pray out loud, it keeps us more focused. Mm-hmm. We are not going to be drifting in our thoughts, um, not going to be falling asleep, mm-hmm. not going to be thinking about what we need to accomplish for that day. So I always try to pray out loud, especially during my you know time in the morning mm-hmm. prayer. Now, sometimes it's just not possible, right? We're in the new supermarket. We are maybe with some friends. Um, you know, we're at work. But the gold standard, I think, is praying out loud, and it does keep us highly focused. You know, there is definitely the tendency for the mind to wander, <laughs> especially if you're in the traditional prayer pose, I suppose, hands folded, eyes closed, quiet area. There, There is the tendency to be distracted. So I think that's powerful to, to pray out loud and, and not to worry about all those other things. And I think um, you make a, a, a good observation that we do have a typical prayer posture. Mm-hmm. However, um, certainly we can be in any posture when mm-hmm. we pray. Mm-hmm. And I think that the whole idea of closing our eyes and folding our hands is to really focus us. Right, right. Close out those distractions. Yes. And I think the more we pray, the more we're able to really just focus in on that conversation with the Mm -hmm. Lord. So Mm -hmm. when I go on those prayer walks, for example... Probably someone from a distance says, look at that guy. He's he's going crazy. He's talking to himself. <laughs> but I'm pretty <laughs> much okay. not even aware of what's going on because I'm just talking to my Lord and looking straight ahead. Um, and I think that, that that is just as powerful as, you know, kneeling down, yeah. closing my eyes in my bedroom. Right, right. So Yeah, wonderful. So you pray out loud on your prayer walks. That's that's. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So there are, I've heard over the years, you know, there's a book um, that I read a number of years ago, personal favorites. It's called The ABCs of Bible Prayer, written by Roger Kuhn, Pastor Kuhn. Um, It's an old book now, but he really, he, he really breaks down ABC of prayer. So the A is to ask, the B is to believe, and the C he says is to claim, you know, and I think sometimes those simple little um, ways of remembering the different ways to pray and the different aspects of pray, not the steps so much, but the different segments of what it means to pray is helpful. You know, the asking Matthew 7, 7 tells us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be opened. To you. Yes. And after we ask, believing, of course, is that next step, believing that what God says he will do, he will do. Yes. And then claiming. I often think that claiming is probably the most difficult, um, but there's a particular verse in John that I find reassuring. John 11, verse 41, the second part of that says, and this is Jesus, he's saying, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So we have the assurance that that God hears our prayers. So that's just one. That's the ABCs of prayers. Are there other similar ways that you have maybe taught prayer or or worked through with your your, uh, church members how to pray? Yes. um, Another 
another way to pray is ACTS. Okay. A-C-T-S, which stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Okay. So a lot of times, especially those who are new to prayer, mm-hmm. say, well, you know, what am I going to pray about for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes? Right. Wow, I mean, what are you going to do yeah. <laughs> in that time? And so this gives us a model, adoration. First, we begin our prayer by adoring God, mm-hmm. praising him, a- acknowledging his wonder. So when I'm outside walking, I'm going to look around, you know, and see the, the beauty of God's creation mm-hmm. and praise him. I hear the birds or the beautiful sky and so on. I'm going to praise God for what he's done maybe in my life yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When I'm in my office praying, um, where I typically pray, uh, when I'm at home, I'm going to have the Psalms open mm-hmm. and praying over a Psalms because a lot of times a Psalms has a built-in praise segment to it. And, you know, when we pray through the scripture, it, it kind of prods our mind mm-hmm. to, to go deeper beyond the rote prayer that we typically, you know, kind of the rut that we'll run into when we just pray on our own. So adoration, praise is a great place to start mm-hmm. with prayer. Also, when we look at the model prayer, which was uh, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verses 7 through 13, mm-hmm. you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So Jesus is saying, begin with praise. So he starts with that adoration. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. And then the next part is confession. And confession is not a natural place for us to be. Mm-hmm. We want to think that we are you know, great and we like to compare ourselves to others. Well, compared to them, I'm a really great person. But the reality is that we're all sinners mm-hmm. and we're all in need of Jesus Christ. We're in need of his gift of salvation. So what the time of confession does is it reminds us of our feebleness and our sinfulness. And that's where taking time to look back yesterday Mm -hmm. on failures and setbacks, um, weaknesses of character and a time of repentance, which is saying, I I acknowledge this weakness and I want to turn away. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a time of confession. Then going to Thanksgiving and, you know, Thanksgiving, a lot of times uh, it's easy for us to skip over what God has done in our life. But it's a great exercise to train yourself to see how God is giving good gifts. The Bible says every good gift is from God. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, wow, you know what? This happened yesterday as I'm thinking. That was not coincidental. Lord, you were merciful mm. uh, with with providing that gift of grace. Mm-hmm. And so a time of thanksgiving followed by supplication. And this is where we're most natural. <laughs> That's very true. It's where we tend to want to start, isn't it? And finish. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is where we are going to, you know, present our needs and our wants even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord wants to give us the desire of our hearts too. So yes. he's created us with certain desires and passions. And it's okay to, to pray for certain things that, maybe would be a want, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily a need. So that's an overview, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. supplication. Okay. I can see that would be very, very helpful to guide them, guide you through the process of prayer. As you yes. said, if you're new to prayer, if you maybe struggle with being distracted during your prayer time, this would be a natural sequence to follow. And yes. I like that. And I love that the Thanksgiving's in there, you know, that you're right. We, we very, very often forget to say thank you for what he's done for us. Well, this 
I think what we, we've been talking about so far is a lot of um, our personal prayer time. And are there different types of prayer, Pastor mm. Mitch? Absolutely. Obviously, we've been talking about the personal mm-hmm. prayer time. And one important aspect of personal prayer time is getting outside of our world. Mm-hmm. Because when we begin first as a child, you know, we are praying just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But then as we begin to grow in our walk and our journey, we, we begin to acknowledge that God is actually caring for other people too. So we're not called just to pray for ourselves, but to also pray for others. Uh, uh-huh. And this is called intercessory prayer. Okay. And it's actually quite fulfilling when we can pray for someone else and their struggle and their challenge. And then we can see how God has rescued them in a day or a week or a year. Um, and to know that God has heard our prayer mm-hmm. and it's, it's quite a privilege to be able to uh, intercede for someone else and to know that God hears our prayers. Amen. Amen. So that intercessory prayer is, is a product of our relationship with God and, you know, maturing, looking outside of ourselves and our own needs and praying for others. What a, Now, the, we've talked, I think, about individual prayer. What about praying as a body? Yes. Well, there is a certain power in corporate prayer. Mm-hmm. And there is a um, a power when people of God come together to pray and even fast together. Mm-hmm. And um, when this happens, um, it's not as if God doesn't hear us when we pray privately, but collectively there is uh, an exponential uh, growth and power that, that occurs. We don't really understand all of it. Mm-hmm. And we can think of the story of Jonah mm-hmm. when he went and preached to Nineveh. Right. And here, this was a very wicked city that was going to be destroyed. And so what did they do? Uh, They heard the warning that they would be destroyed and they prayed and fasted the city. Together. Together. Great example of corporate prayer. And then what happened? God actually changed his mind. Right. So uh, whenever we want to do something powerful or impossible, uh, I say come together as a people. We've done that in our church. um, And I would be happy to share with you that story. Um, we could start off with the fact that the, at the Adventure Church, we rented for many, many years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then God brought, brought a church to us that we used to rent from. Mm-hmm. And they called us out of the blue and said, hey, uh, would you like to purchase our church? Where well, we only had a fraction of the money in our bank. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so we began to uh, earnestly pray collectively to say, Lord, is this the church you want us to purchase? Mm-hmm. And um, can you raise the money? course we knew that he could if he decided to so we went forward by faith we did not have a purchase agreement but we continued to just move forward investigate the building and um, God began to put it on people's hearts to you know uh, make pledges and within Uh about four Uh months we had nearly all the money in pledge uh, to purchase this uh, building even though we didn't have a purchase agreement right until a few weeks before we actually purchased the building so uh, this is a product of God hearing the collective prayer of his people. Of your, of your church members. Yes. So God put that on your hearts and together 
you joined in faith. I heard you say faith and you prayed and you took it to him. Well, that's, yes. that's beautiful. Well, you know, Pastor Mitch, we've just barely scratched the surface here on what, it, what prayer is all about. And for you listening, depending on uh, the particular time slot in your market, this may be the end of the program for you. But this is an hour-long program. So if, you, if we go off the air after this break, I don't want you to miss the rest of this story. So join us at vop.com slash disclosure to hear the rest of my conversation with Pastor Mitch about prayer. Uh, So stay with us. We have much more that we want to explore on this topic that is vital for each and every one of us. Would you like to make a tangible difference for the kingdom of God? Well, now is your chance. As a Voice of Prophecy sponsor, you can be the first to learn about our newest ministry projects and to hear about lives radically transformed by your support of these life-transforming projects. Sponsors are an integral part of this ministry's success and the reason we can continue to impact lives for Christ. Come spend the weekend with us at one of our fall sponsorship weekends and see just what your support can do. You will hear moving testimonies of lives changed, beautiful music, and inspirational preaching. And most of all, you will have the satisfaction of directly helping to change lives through your support. Find out today how you can become a sponsor and join us at one of these weekends. Call 1-800-429-5700 or visit us at VOPsponsors.com. Welcome back to Disclosure. I'm Jean Boonstra, and I am your host for today's program. And my guest is Pastor Mitch Williams. He has worked as a prayer coordinator. He he and his family are in transition right now from Colorado to California, but we are privileged to have him with us in the studio while he's still a local Coloradan. <laughs> so we've been talking in the first half of the program, Pastor Mitch, about prayer. We talked a little bit about intercessory prayer, about corporate prayer, some ideas on how and when and where to pray. Um, And I want to just take a tiny step back here and just ask you another foundational question, which is, what is essential for a healthy and effective prayer life? Excellent question. Well, James 5 verse 16 says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. And so... This is not to say that if you're not walking with God, God will never hear your prayer. Mm -hmm. But there are certain individuals that seem to have a direct line to God. And it seems that more often than not, when they pray, God, God responds. Yeah, that's so true. Very, very true. And so why? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that we can identify a few things. Number one, it says of a righteous person. Mm -hmm. And our righteousness comes obviously from Christ not from any person. Mm -hmm. So in order for a person to be righteous, that means they are walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. They're spending time with him. They're inviting Christ into their heart every single day. Uh, They are obeying his commandments and uh, not dismissing uh, the truths that are in the word of God. So a righteous person reflects Christ. Mm -hmm. That's number one Mm -hmm. in terms of being effective in prayer. And number two, um, it's having... uh, 
an element of faith. Mm. When we pray, yes. we must believe that God is hearing. And let's face face it. When we're praying, there is no actual proof that God is hearing us. Yeah, yeah. You don't see writing or <laughs> flashing lights or any of that. Right. right, right. So it is it is an, a demonstration of our desire to trust God mm-hmm. with our life. And so we need faith. It's essential. Not a lot, but some. Uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. we need to be persistent. Okay. A casual, intermittent prayer life is not a powerful prayer life. Mm-hmm. But a consistent, steady prayer life is what is going to reward that person and show that God is hearing them. And, mm-hmm. you know, we think of the great ones and going back to that book, Power Through Prayer by mm-hmm. Ian Bounds. Yes. He acknowledges there that some of the great ones in the Bible, mm-hmm. I should say not in the Bible, but after the Bible was written, prayed very consistently. Martin Luther would spend two hours every day in prayer. Yeah. And you know what he would say? <laughs> if he had an extra busy day, he would spend three hours. <laughs> oh, that's very true. That's very appropriate, isn't it? But we don't think that way, do we? Not naturally, anyway. It's counterintuitive yeah. to say, well, I'm going to have to cut my prayer today. Yeah. And yeah. yet, not Martin Luther. Right. And, you know, God did great things through him. John Wesley, yeah. two hours a day. Uh, and there's many others that he cites in this book about time and prayer and persistence. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the key. Um, we need to be obedient. We need to be have faith. We need to be persistent. And also, I think we want to be open to God's will. Mm. Because yes. if we pray according to our will, we're really putting God in a box. We're yeah. the human being, and he's God. And to think that we have the audacity to know what the best solution is, is pretty crazy. Yeah. So even yeah. Jesus Christ prayed according to God the Father. Yes, very And true. his will. Yes, very true. He submitted his will to his fathers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how much more should we do that if our model Jesus did that for us? Well, you know, Pastor Mitch, I've only known you as a pastor, but I know there's more to your story. And uh, you were a businessman for many years. So I'm assuming that the transition from a successful businessman to now a pastor, uh, that there's got to be prayer as part of that story. Would you share that with us? Absolutely. Well, when I was growing up, um, we lived in modest housing and drove old cars. Nothing wrong with that. But it became um, an insecurity in my life. Hmm where I used to look at what others had and thought, oh, I want to have a nicer house or drive a newer car. Mm-hmm. So in the back seat of our American Motors Rambler, mm-hmm. complete with seat covers, that's <laughs> when I was in the fourth grade, I said, you know what? I'm not going to live like this when I get older. Uh-huh. So I determined in my heart to uh, make money. Mm. And okay. unfortunately, money became my God. Mm. Even though I wouldn't acknowledge it back then, looking back, it was. So I went through, uh, you know, school, graduated with a, a degree, business degree in college, and then began a career in um, sales. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, God blessed, um, and uh, he allowed me to do well. And I think that he was trying to say, hey, look, you know, there's more to life than, than money, but I'm going to let you see a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But I was never satisfied. There was always a void. Mm-hmm. So... Actually, about seven years after graduating from college, I started a business with my partner. Mm-hmm. And we had that business for about 10 years. God really blessed us. And, you know, I was uh, a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner would say, hey, uh, do you want to uh, take the credit, Mitch? Because look what's going on with our business. I'd say, no, God's blessing. 
But after the 10 years, when we were in the process of selling, the buyer said, hey, we want you to stay on. Mm-hmm. Well, at that same time, I was uh, working out with one of my friends, mm-hmm. and he said, you know what? I think you're being called to be a pastor. I said, what oh. are you talking about? <laughs> so this friend recognized something that was foreign to you at that stage. Yeah. God uses people. That's he does. wonderful. And so... As it turns out, our church was going to be planting a new church, um, you know, down the road. And so they needed a a site pastor to handle the logistics and, you know, set things up and recruit people. And it was more of an entrepreneurial pastoral role. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, sounds like a good fit. (laughs) A good fit. (laughs) Yes. So this was uh, maybe six or seven months out. Okay. But for that amount of time, I wrestled with God. Now, the mm-hmm. pastor mm-hmm. who uh, heard that I might be interested, you know, talked to me, interviewed me and said, oh, we'd love to have you. But I was just not ready mm-hmm. to leave business and the comfort of what I already knew mm-hmm. to the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so I even had some panic attacks thinking about it. Um, and the devil was really working on me to discourage me. Yeah. Well, I would pray. Um, in the morning, and um, I would uh, wrestle with God through these months. Well, finally, I said, all right, God, let's go to the mountains together. Mm-hmm. So we went to the mountains. We stayed at a um, a lodge. There wasn't a lot of activity. And I remember going to the lodge, and I was going to spend 24 hours in prayer, fasting maybe. But I actually hadn't thought of fasting yet. Okay. So I got there Friday night. I began to read my Bible journal. Okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, journaling mm-hmm. is a great way to pray, too, because we're hearing back from God through our pen. Oh, yeah. And so we're not talking, which is what I typically do when I pray. Yeah. So it's a good way to hear back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was doing that. And then the next day I got up and I'm a kind of guy that likes to eat three mm-hmm. meals a day. Okay. <laughs> so I went to the cafeteria, loaded up my tray, and I was about to sit down to eat my breakfast. And the Lord said, this would be a good day for you to fast. <laughs> what? Just kind of out of nowhere. You out got nowhere. that impression. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, but Lord, this food will get wasted. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be weak. Uh, don't worry about that. So I took it back and they said, you know what? You just took it. We saw you. So w- no problem. Okay. And they took it back to the buffet. Um, that day was a pivotal day for me because mm-hmm. I began to pray and fast mm-hmm. And, you know, with the fundamental question of, Lord, are you calling me to pastoral ministry? Yeah. Well, after about a, a half a day of, you know, reading the Bible and journaling and, and praying, I said, all right, let's let's go, go for a little walk with the Lord. So I left my room, started hiking around and decided to go to this path. But it came to an edge, to an end, I should say. And here was a mountain. And they really don't want people going up this mountain. Mm-hmm. But I decided to, to go ahead. And climb it because I wanted to continue walking. Mm-hmm. So as I was walking up this mountain, and it was pretty steep, um, I started having fear come over me. Why? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my hand would go to the next boulder. And I remember the sign that said, beware of rattlesnakes. Oh. And I go a little bit further. Yes. And then there's these bees flying around me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm allergic to bees. Oh, no. So, okay. you know, or I'd step on a, a rock and it goes tumbling down sure. the mountain. And you you saw the sign. You knew you weren't even supposed to be Not there in the first there. place. Right. So I'm walking up this thing and I'm like, this is so crazy. What am I doing? Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, this is not the way it's supposed to be. He said, no, 
I want to encourage you. Keep going up this. I said, all right. So, you know, and I would slip. Finally, I got to the very top. Mm-hmm. And I was standing up there at the top of this mountain. I'm like, wow, oh, I'm so feeling so good. Yeah. I'm having a mountaintop experience. Uh, this, is, this is what it's all about. You know, I faced my fear. Yeah, yeah. And so I said a little prayer. And I thought, well, I better get back down. You know, I'm, I'm feeling kind of weak. You haven't eaten. You haven't you know? eaten, right, right. And I uh, forgot to bring any water. Oh. So I was about to go down, and then I looked, and I realized, wait a minute, this is really steep. In fact, it's too steep for me to actually go down. To go down. Ooh. Easier to go up. Sure. And then I got a little bit frustrated. Yeah. Lord, this is not a mountaintop experience. This is a frustration. <laughs> why did you send me How here? How am I supposed yeah. to? Yeah. Why did you send me here? How am I going to get down? Mm-hmm. And at that very moment, the Lord said, Mitch, there's two ways down. This way right here, which is really steep, that way is ministry. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to face your fear and depend upon me more if you go down and navigate this exit here. Mm-hmm. Or you can take the fire road, which is there was a fire road right there at the top. Mm-hmm. And you can take that down. It's nice and easy and gradual. It's not going to get you exactly where you need to go because you'll get down and you have to take a taxi back over <laughs> to, right. you know, where you are. Right. But you will get down. Mm-hmm. What will be your choice? That's powerful. Yeah. So I said, all right, God. So I, I went down and at the bottom I said, all right, I, I get it. You're calling me yeah. to ministry, yeah. which is a tougher call yeah. than playing it safe. That is a powerful story because he does stretch us. You know, he stretches us, and and I feel personally, having worked in ministry, you know, Sean and I together for yes. many years now, it it is difficult. It it's not easy, but there's nothing like it. So your description of that smooth road not quite getting you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. So God called you because he needed not only for you to minister to people, but he needed you personally to yes. go through that experience so yes. he could use you. Well, that's powerful. Um, and, and prayer, prayer took you through that experience. Yes, it, absolutely. That's what took you through it. Well, you mentioned something in sharing that story that, uh, I want to just touch on and we're going to have to take a break pretty quick, but if we could just touch on it and then maybe explore it a little more after the break, you mentioned fasting. Mm-hmm. So I know many of us have heard prayer and fasting. Yes. Do those always go hand in hand? Does it, um, does it add to the prayer experience? Just yes. start to talk to us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, abs- here, here's the deal about fasting. Fasting is simply a way for us to get more focused okay. on what we're praying about. Okay. It, it's uncomfortable. When we're hungry, uh, when we're feeling weak, maybe we get a little bit uh, cranky because, you know, our blood sugar levels dropping. Yeah. Um, that discomfort, though, is a reminder of what we're praying about. Of what? Okay. So fasting is one way that God can focus us, as we talked about earlier, taking our eyes off of ourselves, off of the distractions, and all the things that life throws at us. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break, but we do have some more here that we want to explore about prayer. I want to talk a little bit more about this experience of fasting, the experiences of of Christians throughout the ages with Pastor Mitch, um, and just how powerful prayer is to our Christian experience. So I want you to stay with us through this short break, and I'll be right back with Pastor Mitch.
Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Are you searching for answers to some of life's biggest questions? The Discover Bible Guides can help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or call us at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Are you searching for answers to life's toughest questions? Like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Does my life really matter to God? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers that you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter the most to you. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Welcome back to Disclosure. We are in the last segment of our program today, and uh, Pastor Mitch, it's been great talking to you about prayer. Really appreciated the personal story you shared just before the break about your call to ministry and how prayer was such a, a vital part in helping you understand that call and ultimately accept that call. You know, you mentioned a little bit that fasting was part of that final, I would say maybe that push for you to to make that decision to follow yes. God. And um, fasting is a way, as you described, to help us sort of stay focused. Um, so fasting and prayer, there is something else that I often, I people often talk about and is often a very important part of prayer, which is the anointing prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, that is something that you as a pastor have had a very hands-on role in, I can only assume. So can you share with us a little bit what is anointing and what is that anointing prayer? What makes it different from other kinds of prayer? Yes. Well, an anointing prayer comes to us from James chapter 5, okay. where James tells us that If someone is sick, they are to call the elders of the church and to come and gather around them and to pray and to anoint them with oil. Mm -hmm. Now, the oil is simply symbolic of the Holy Spirit's power coming upon them. And the healing that will take place first is a healing spiritually. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness of their sins, helping them to overcome fear, um, more peace about their future. Okay. Mm -hmm. The secondary healing may not take place, Mm -hmm. and that is the physical healing of the sickness. And we'll get into that a little bit later in terms of how certain prayers may not be answered the way we were praying them to be. Um, But this anointing uh, is simply uh, gathering around the person, putting uh, olive oil on their forehead, Mm -hmm. laying hands on their shoulders, on their head, Mm -hmm. and praying earnestly for, for God to bring healing. And I can think of a few examples uh, that come to mind of people that have 
asked to be anointed, and we saw God really do amazing things. Oh. For example, uh, one lady by the name of Patty, okay. um, she suffered for many years, decades, with persistent headaches. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we came to her home, and we uh, talked to her and encouraged her. She was wanting to give her life fully to Christ. She'd mm-hmm. kind of been holding back a little bit. Okay. Uh, as a child, she had uh, experimented with uh, some demonic activities. Mm-hmm. And so we confessed those. We prayed over her. We anointed her. And today, uh, and this has been a few years you know, since she's mm-hmm. not had really any headaches. Oh, well, praise God. So God really delivered her. We have a lady by the name of Marlene mm-hmm. who suffered from food allergies. Okay. And she was delivered as well from oh. these food allergies. She can okay. eat whatever she wants. Wow. Well, praise God. So that anointing, I, I, I like how you explain the spiritual aspect of it as well as the physical because, you know, the spiritual answer to that anointing prayer, that's guaranteed if yes. the person chooses chooses to ask God for that. The physical, you know, that's another part of it. But I love the, the stories you just shared that God is more than able to heal physically well, as we well get as so, spiritually. And we get so captivated with this world that we think this is it. Yeah. But this is just a short time in all of eternity. And what yeah. really matters is our salvation, Amen. not whether or not we're fully healed from every disease that we face. Yes. Amen. <laughs> well, um, your, your experience in being called to ministry by God, that's a wonderful testimony. Um, do you have other testimonies of answered prayer in your life journey that you've experienced that you'd like to share with us or be willing to share with us might be the better way to ask. <laughs> I can think of another, uh, story that comes to mind when okay. I was at the seminary, um, a few years back, uh, this would have been 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And um, I was taking a, a class called Greek. Oh. <laughs> and this was one <laughs> of my greatest fears is whether I could even pass this class. Oh. It's kind of a rite of passage for yeah. a seminarian. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so what I decided to do is take this class in the summer intensively. Mm-hmm. And it would just be all Greek all day long. Mm-hmm. And in fact... I asked my wife and children to go to California <laughs> so I could just focus. <laughs> to go visit family or go do something family. fun. Yeah. Have fun because good, I wasn't going to probably be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew this was going to be a journey of faith and prayer mm-hmm. and study. Mm-hmm. So uh, we began the journey. Well, just before the summer began, I met my friend who I knew as a child because I used to live in Michigan as a child. Oh, okay. And his mother was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. They didn't know the extent of the cancer. Well, two weeks into my uh, Greek course, Mm -hmm. and this was so intense that every week you had a a test. Mm. Uh, We had a test like on Thursday, and this was Wednesday that I was approached by my friend Jonathan, who Mm. said, my mom is going in for exploratory surgery. We'd love to have you there Mm. um, to to support us, pray with us, and encourage us, you know, with the unknown. Sure. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I would love to be there. And then I I said, Lord, in prayer, Lord, you know I, I'm, I've got a quandary because I have a Thursday morning exam, but I have uh, my friend here that wants me to be, you know, there with his family. Yeah. And you know, Lord, if I fail one of these tests, then I will not pass this course. And this course is offered every year, once a year. So you'd have to wait summer. an entire yeah. year to redo it. Right. right. And, you know, we that would really mess up a lot of plans because we're trying to, to leave, sure, you know, sure. after uh, two years and eight months. So 
I said, Lord, what am I going to do? Mm. He said, well, I'm calling you into ministry, not mm. in the Greek. <laughs> so you That's are going to be ministering today. Yeah. And so I went. And, of course, uh, it was a blessing to be there with the family. Um, but around 8 o'clock, I said, all right, I need to go. And, of course, she came out of surgery. Um, and it wasn't good news. Oh, so it's good you were there. It was good I was there. Yeah, yeah. I was driving home. I said, Lord, you know, I feel kind of irresponsible in, on one hand because I haven't been able to spend the time studying, mm-hmm. you know, for this exam. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I did the right thing because you encouraged me. So the next day I took the test. And I didn't really know, uh, I didn't go in confident, but I, I went in with peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got an A on that test. <laughs> well, praise We know God. that was a God thing. Oh. <laughs> so God will do amazing things through prayer. And again, it takes that faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you trusted him and he, you trusted that he placed you where you needed to be and he took care of the details yes. for you. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful answer to prayer. Well, there's, um, you know, we have wonderful examples in, in the Bible of great prayer warriors. And I'm thinking just now of, of Daniel. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel as a young man is taken, he and several other young men are taken captive. And they're taken to another place. And, and what do they do? Well, they, they start by staying faithful to God yes. and praying. And later, much later in life, we know that when he's faced with the lion's den, what, once again, what does he do? He's faithful to that, and he opens the window and prays in front of it. Yes. Um, and so I think you were mentioning in, in the first part of the program, Pastor Mitch, that making prayer such a routine and such a habit in your life it is positive, and yes. it, ha- it just becomes a part of you, and we see that in Daniel. Are there other examples in Scripture of other men and women of God who made that prayer part of their fiber of their being? Yes, I, I think of Joseph, <clears throat> and he faced so many trials. And certainly any time during his story, he could have wondered, God, where are you? Sold into slavery, then after working for Potiphar, placed in prison, then after answering the dreams, forgotten, seemingly, yeah, in prison. Yeah. And so, but Joseph is a man of God and he submits himself every day, spends time in prayer and he trusts God. That's the bottom line. He trusts God with his life so that finally when God brings him out of the prison Mm -hmm. to the palace, um, it's probably not a big shocker for him that he is doing something, um, you know, under God's power. He knows he's been placed there. And of course, uh, he then test his brothers to see if they've changed <laughs> right, right, and all that. So uh, there are so many examples of godly men and women. Mm-hmm. Esther, mm-hmm. three days yes. of fasting and fasting praying and before praying. standing right. before the king yes. to make an appeal. Yes, We're putting her li- own life at risk yes. for her people. That's yes. right. Yes, yes. Well, those stories are such a huge encouragement. They really are. Um, and you touched on something that's really, really important, which is when we talked about the prayer of anointing. Sometimes we pray and we do not see the answer that we anticipate. That healing is is a particular example. We pray. Sometimes we know of a cousin, a friend, a neighbor who God intervenes and and eradicates that cancer. And then yet we pray for our loved ones. We have to watch them suffer and, and pass away. So what does a Christian do with what seems to be an unanswered prayer? Absolutely. Well, this is a very important question and a 
somewhat complicated question because sure. sometimes what we pray for is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. God says, no. For example, when I was a young man, I was praying that I would get married to a certain woman. Mm-hmm. But praise the Lord, he said no. <laughs> because as yeah. I look back, I could see that he actually brought me to a beautiful bride oh, named yes. Lena. Yes. And a godly woman who is a great pastor's wife mm-hmm. and a great mom. Mm-hmm. But the lady that I was, you know, infatuated with way back, uh, you know, that's not who God wanted me yeah. with. So sometimes our prayers that don't get answered the way we want are for our own good. Uh, yes. uh, you know, sometimes we have inappropriate requests for things or, you know, maybe we want a job, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. a certain promotion. Um, I could think of when I was a young man and I was applying for this one job and I interviewed and uh, I didn't get that job mm-hmm. after four interviews. It looked really good. Oh, yeah. But I ended up going to work for uh, a company where I met my partner and then we started our business. So God knew what he was doing. Sure, sure, sure. Those prayers that we pray for those who end up falling asleep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who don't get healed, we have to realize that we are living in the great controversy between God and Lucifer. This is Lucifer's world right now. He is the father of death and sickness. And sometimes through these trials, good things can happen. God can do amazing things through a crisis. Mm -hmm. We don't want to see a crisis every time. But we have to trust God that even though the answer does not come, that God is in control and that we will be one day reunited with those who fall asleep. Yeah, well, praise God for that. So... What I'm hearing you say, Pastor Mitch, is those prayers are not necessarily unanswered. They're answered differently than we expect, which gives us, that gives me a lot of hope. And I hope that you listening, that it gives you hope and peace and encouragement, knowing God hears our prayers and that he is in control. Well, thank you, Pastor Mitch, for sharing. It's been a pleasure having you here. We wish you and your family the very best in California. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you. Well, you have been listening to Disclosure. I've been your host, Jean Boonstra. Today, Pastor Mitch and I have been talking about prayer. And if prayer is something that is new to you, something you've never done, I encourage you just to pause and talk to God. Prayer at the basic, most simple level is just a communication between you and God. And I encourage you to take that step. If you want to learn more, learn more about what our ministry is about, you can find us at voiceofprophecy.com. Well, thank you for listening, and I hope that you will join us again next time on Disclosure.